podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello everyone, thanks for joining us on Steve Bloomer's Washing, the Derby County Podcast. I'm Chris, Tom's here, you alright? Not bad, thanks Chris. And completing our usual trio is East Midlands Football Mascot of the Year 2009-2010. How's it going Richard? Very good, very uh, very well. Excellent. Um, I don't know about you two, but we're recording this on Thursday. I'm, I'm still buzzing from last night, from Derby's performance at the, uh, at the Hawthorns. West Brom title favourites brushed aside 4-1 in their own backyard days after tabletop of Sheffield United was sunk by Lampard's swashbuckling young Rams so what else is on the agenda for this episode than Richard? Well you're right Chris I am still giddy from uh, from last night and there's no better place to start than the 4-1 demolition derby from, from Wednesday night uh, how does it compare what do we think it compares to as our best ever away performance at a title rival uh, we're also going to discuss your man of the match from the, from the last two games and a much more optimistic preview, I presume, of Derby's next two. Uh, away at promotion rivals Millsborough, another massive match in the league, and then and then the, the headline-grabbing League Cup tie at Chelsea as well. Who am I is our traditional starting point, though. Uh, number four for the season, Tom holds a 2-1 lead. The clue for this who am I is the following. I made 12 appearances for Derby County between 1998 and 2003. I've got a lingering suspicion I've had this one already, but so it's on average it's two two appearances, one and a half appearances a year, two appearances a year. Nineteen ninety eight to two thousand and three. What's twelve divided by five? Let's not dwell on the details. <laughs> of that. Wow, it's uh, really, details are important. Where to even begin with West Brom then? A big statement of intent from Derby, hugely impressive win, full of intensity, high press, quality counter attacking, and four great goals from Jack Marriott. Tom Lawrence, Harry Wilson and Scott Malone. I mean, this was an attacking display that was so effective. Even Don Gunman and David Prutton were nice about us on the telly and that really doesn't embrace off that is, that is saying something because Don Gunman is a massive cretin. And, <laughs> they, both, and they both hate us. So, yeah. um, Tom, did this feel like the performance where everything fell into place for Lampard? Without doubt. Um, he had a game plan, clearly, to press West Brom early on and to, to get into them uh, let them have the ball at the back and then press as they try to come forward um, you saw that from the first goal I think you saw that very effectively from the third goal that kind of, uh, sort of pressing tactic play, uh, playing out well there I also think that Darby were happy to sit, sit back and then hit them on the counter rapidly and that was then seen on the second and fourth goal the perfect night for Derby what a result some context for this result Richard and just exactly what Derby did do to West Brom <clears throat> They're still comfortably the championship's top scorers. I think. I think their goal last against against us was their thirty-second goal of the season. Wow! Yeah, they've got the second best home record in the league, and they've won their last five games at the Hawthorns. But on the other hand, for some reason, they came up against us, and they're not petrified, didn't they? They were ill-disciplined. They had barely any defensive shape, and you know things are going badly when the opposing team changed their formation in the back four halfway through the first half. That's when you know things aren't going to plan. Yeah, I mean, it was just, as as Tom touched on there, I mean, it was definitely, the, for me, the pressing, us pressing them was what caught the eye. It would have been easy for any team, whether it's Derby or Forest or, or Norwich or any team in our league to go to West Brom, as you said, one of the top two teams at home, one of the highest goal scorers in the league, 
to go there and sit back and let them dictate and try and just hit them on the press. But what's what's happened in the last, I'd say, month, either side of the international break, is the pressing, which Lampard talked about in pre-season, that hadn't really put into place in the first few months, has really started to evolve. It's become more aggressive, and it's become absolutely unrelenting for opposition. And I think what's really interesting about it is if you look at Leeds early in the season, Leeds were pressing like that from the very beginning, and teams have started to work them out a bit, and everyone keeps saying these are going to get tired they're going to get tired we'll see if that happens but what Lampard's done he seems to have built towards it all season like against Brentford we pressed really well but we didn't press for 90 minutes we didn't press the whole team didn't press we just pressed in patches um, whereas last night even Huddleston was pressing it kind of reminded yeah. me of Eric Dyer against against Spain when he's pressing onto Busquets the whole match. Like Huddleston was playing was pressing right up in, in the final third and that's actually what led to Led to the opening goal. Well, Tom, we, we pressed them from from their, them in our half all the way back to their own penalty area, and then again, and then Marriott bangs it in. Well, Tom um, Sky said that for the first goal, which we've all seen now, uh, Derby set the trap, and West Brom fell for it. In that, Rodriguez got the ball, was back to goal, and he didn't really have an out ball, did he? Um, he could no. only go backwards, but yeah. it, it was a complete blunder on his part. But yeah. we did everything we could to force them into the mistake. Granted, they made the mistakes. You, you don't make those mistakes if you're comfortable like we force them into those difficult positions I think if you you look at the way Derby are set up there there are men around the ball all, all over that pitch if you th- I think there's five or six players you can see in the, in the screen as as that ball goes into uh, Rodriguez in there and Huddleston presses and then he doesn't even look up and, he, and Marriott's alive to it um, the centre half isn't, isn't alert isn't alert to the fact there could be a mistake Marriott sees it and slips at home I think it is a trap I think um, we've, we've kept the kept the play high uh, and I'd be presuming the defence is perhaps slightly deeper just to try and encourage perhaps a long ball they know that Kieran and Tomori are going to mop that up if it goes long because um, they're against Dwight Gale so that's, there's no threat there from a, from a sort of big target man so I think it's, it's very clever I think Derby uh, Lampard did it well Nicely taken first goal for uh, Jack Manick 3-3 three and three for him great stuff the second goal and by then like West Brom just like and, and Dawson in particular the back three they just could not live with the space we were creating down that left-hand side, could they? And that's where that set, the, the brilliant second goal came from. Yeah, the second goal, actually, although um, the, the first goal against Sheffield United was from kickoff, the second goal kind of reminded me of our goal, our first goal against Sheffield United in the match before, where it was very much, it came from deep originally, and it was very much two-touch, three-touch play mm. down the left-hand channel to open up the space. It ends up being a different kind of goal, but the same thing happens. We seem to be scoring two different kinds of goals at the moment. One is really quick um, from deep to front with two touch, three touch. And the other is winning the ball in the final third like Marriott's and like um, uh, like Wilson's yeah. uh, on, on Wednesday night as well. And you're right, you're just playing the ball. Everyone, everyone's comfortable in the ball. Every single member of that midfield and forward line, and to an extent the back four as well, are all comfortable in the ball. And teams cannot live with that and they cannot live with the movement. And, and Lawrence, I think possibly bad right back play but Lawrence moves onto his right foot and belts it in the bottom corner the point the thing I found quite interesting with that second goal is um, you're 1-0 up 15 minutes into the game Derby had 5 or maybe 6 players in the box and if, if we only had 5 there was certainly one on the edge as well it's incredible like to get that many people into the box shows real att- attacking intent and showed that we wanted to go for the jugular we, we felt there was a weakness in that West Brom defensive line and Lampard sort of obviously has seen that told the lads to go out in that way and we took advantage, full advantage last night. It was absolutely brilliant to watch. It takes real bottle to set the team up the way that Lampard did. 
five attacking players away yeah. from home against a team who have scored the most goals and have the best one of the best home records in the league. If that backfired, Lampard could have looked really stupid, couldn't he? Yeah, against West Brom. I think what makes it works work is it's five attacking players plus the best passer in the league, Tom Huddleston, yeah. to open up the space for those players. I think someone on Twitter, um, Chris, took issue with us saying it was five attacking players. In my opinion, 100% five attacking players. Mason Mount is an attacking well, midfielder. attacking players or attack-minded players. Yeah, attacking players, Not all in. they're not all in the front five positions. But that's what makes those five attacking players so so impactful is that they're picking the ball up all over the pitch in our own half on the halfway line in the final third and it means that they they know you know Wilson knows where Lawrence wants to go Mount knows where Wilson wants to go Marriott knows where he's going to get the ball from Craig Forsyth for example everyone seems to be on the same on the same wavelength and they've worked hard which means that they can keep the, the defensive shape and if we're pressing high and winning the ball high up you don't need to have a really strong defensive two banks of four which need intelligent players to defending if you're winning the ball high up that's where you do the defending the first time Derby have scored four goals away from home in the league since Huddersfield in 2015 wow. in that four all draw which goal stood out for you Tom as the as the, the pick of the bunch all great goals in different <coughs> ways weren't they yeah they were you know the goal I liked the most was Wilson's goal <clears throat> uh, the reason for that is that I thought West Brom came out in the second half and uh, had a bit of a go and I was a little bit nervous um, that was the goal that, that killed it off really wasn't it the crucial third goal yeah, yeah. But, but yeah, the, yeah. The, the poor the good attacking play then the won it back from Malone uh, then a poor ball into the box which was then cleared again poorly um, Marriott then incredible touch I don't think he's got enough credit the ball isn't cleared very well but like he just brings that ball down has the awareness to look up he's just like, he's, he's alive to absolutely everything Mario isn't he like yeah. there's plenty of other strikers we have had who would just let that ball just trundle past him yeah and that's the second sorry to interrupt Tom that's the second exact assist like that that Marriott's had because Marriott did the same thing for Bryson in the lead up to the Sheffield United goal he's not just looking to put his foot through it and belt it towards the goal he's also aware of the options behind him I'm I'm really pleased. I said in the the last podcast that I think Marriott will come good. Give him a run of games, he'll score goals. He's doing exactly that. He's not just scoring though. He's setting goals up, as you say. Um, and whilst he might not be like, he's not going to be a world beater in the in the future. He he is a quality player for us at the moment. I really really hope it continues. The finish that he obviously had against Sheffield United, the the instinctive finisher uh, on Wednesday night, the the setup there for for Wilson. That third goal was the icing on the cake. That was the best best goal of the night. Most important goal of the night. Was able to relax a lot more after that one. It's all about the fourth goal for me. It's absolutely <laughs> brilliant. That incredible block that Malone got in before, which was literally a certain goal. It was going in, and Carson wasn't getting there. A certain block where he slid across, anticipated it so well. And then I looked at the timings. One minute, six seconds later, he's charged up the other end, ran 60 yards. One, one minute, six seconds later, he's about to pull the trigger and smash it with his left into the bottom corner. More than anything else, it's really good to see him start to settle, really, because that's the sort of thing he did for Fulham. But that's the first sign of him doing it for us. I think he's uh, he's quite a decent player and I think Forsyth has risen to the challenge of the fact that we've got a, another option at left back um, and has be- become a, a bit a bit more consistent this year. I don't think we've criticised him as much as we, de- we did last year. Interest- um, interesting you say that actually because I think one of the problems Forsyth has had in previous seasons is that he had no competition for his place. And yeah, he became Olsen a bit complacent because of that. Olsen never really did enough. It's, it felt to me like managers wanted to pick Olsen but also never really gave them a re- gave them a reason for him to stay in the in the team. Apart so from when Fos- he scored the winner against Forest, but yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I don't, <laughs> I don't think Olsen's as, as bad as some people say, but I also don't think Fozzie is is as bad as some fans make out. Um, I think 
Fozzie and Malone are very similar players. People keep talking about one being better at one thing or the other. I think they're both average defenders and they both can be a very effective going forward but can also misplace passes. I don't think either are perfect and I don't think either are terrible. And I think I think we'll see them interchange all season. We asked you guys out there, you lovely listeners, who caught the eye for you over the course of the two games. So West Brom, the 4-1 win and Sheffield United the 2-1 win a few days before. Now, it's funny, normally when I put questions out like this on Twitter, there's a bit of a range of opinion, but almost all the answers here, there was one name that came to the came through every single time. So Dan Walton told us, uh, Tom Huddleston has come in and been an absolute force in the middle of the field, dominated and a much-needed calming influence on the team. Adam said, Huddleston, class and composure, never fades away, and this has been shown, two rounded and professional appearances. Uh, Hucknall Ram tweeted us Huddleston not only for his passing but when a centre-back's dribble forward he drops back so he can keep our shape Sam Watson chipped in Huddleston has been missing link what a class act on the ball he is uh, Marriott in there too we haven't had a clinical striker like this since Chris Martin's good spell next to Marriott can press uh, Cameron Storer got in touch Huddleston will rightly get deployed it's but big shout out to Bogle the young man has dealt with two of the fastest paced and deadliest flanks in the division uh, but then it was back to the same theme uh, Dan tweeted us has to be Huddleston didn't expect him to factor much when he was dropped after Rotherham but having the lone stars buzzing around him has brought out the very best and just uh, an alternative view uh, Julian Gerson tweeted us to say uh, not so much a singular player just going on the point you made there Tom but a position that I think has been empowered under Lampard is the left back spot both Fozzy and Malone had standout games, both defending with class and providing meaningful, productive attacking outlets. I think defending with class is probably a little bit generous, but they're both done well. Yeah. Well, yeah, Malone scored that great goal. Mm. Uh, Fozzy obviously set up the winner against Sheffield United. What was really interesting with the goal against Sheffield United that Fozzy set up for Marriott for the winner was we we were working up back and forwards quite a bit and to the right-hand side, but it was obvious that Huddleston and Tamori were always looking to see if they could switch it to the left side to get Fozzy on. And they looked a few times, but there wasn't quite as much space. So they went back to the right-hand side, worked. They were overloading the right-hand side, and eventually Fozzy was completely open. Tamori whipped the ball out to him. And he put in that cross, which was the third great cross of the match, by the way, that uh, Fozzie put in, which got the goal that, and the assist that, that he deserved. Well, he made four key passes was the stat that got wheeled out after that game, didn't he? Um, so that would have been the, the three crosses. I can't think what the... Oh, the one in the lead-up to the first goal, I yeah. presume. And the other one that Waghorn, Waghorn should have stuck so away. The Waghorn had uh, the other Marriott cross and lead-up to the first goal. So, yeah. yeah, great contributions from Fozzie. He has his problems, we know he does. But he has actually got quality in the final third, as much as people don't like to see it. Tom, it's not often we score four in any match, let alone away from home against a promotion rival with that great record. Where did that West Brom performance rank in terms of our performances against promotion rivals recently? It's got to be up there um, in terms of massive victory and the size of the victory and also how comprehensive it was. Um, It's got to be one of the best in recent memory. I was just trying to think back to this and one game really stood out for me and I think it was the 2013-14 season. We went to Ipswich when Ipswich were up there with us and it was, uh, I think it was a lunchtime Saturday, about January time and Chris Martin scored this bundled home goal and we won 1-0. I Um, think 
that was the season after. The season after. Season think, after. It yeah. felt like that. That game felt like it was a, a real kickstart. Actually, I think you're right because I think then we we fell off. How about Middlesbrough away last season? We're it's talking been... about this, weren't we? But I think the reason that isn't one is because they gifted us a goal. Well, so did West Brom, to be fair. But um, I seem to remember West Brom gifted us. Middlesbrough gifted us a goal and had a man sent off. Um, Ayala sent off. Yeah, so I think the circumstances were a bit different. Yeah, so it was a a great result, but it wasn't the performance that last night was. I think what stands out from last night was it was an amazing result, obviously, but it was a very deserving and emphatic performance. So it sent a real statement to everyone. Go back to the Middlesbrough game. Do you remember that save from Carson from a Samba Longa, which I think was at 0-0 or or maybe 1-0. It could have been a totally different game. Last night, Derby could have been 4-0. There was none of those moments last night, I don't think. Not until... Late on, I think he made a great well, save. Well, it was four 0 Yeah, so yeah. it didn't matter. But last night it could have been four 0 at half time. It wouldn't have been unfair if we'd have won five or six last night. Chama Holloway when Butterfield scored both in one two 0 Yeah, that was a good shot. I remember being really impressed by that at the time. Mm. Obviously, we ended up impressed by bossing up that season. <laughs> but <laughs> um, it was it was a different time. We beat Hull home and away that season, yeah. and then they beat us in the playoffs. <laughs> Uh, thanks, Chris. Good, <laughs> good days. Well, we've still got spring to look forward to. Yeah. Right. We're, we're just starting to wheel up the October, November excellent run of form. Momentum. The December Classic. top of the league, and then the February fuck up. And here yeah, we go. these <laughs> these are the performances we can hang on to and remember fondly <laughs> in February when it all falls apart. Yeah, so, there you go. And next year when we're still talking about this exactly. championship, but what great away victory did we have this year? <laughs> it's really difficult to establish where we are, really, isn't it? Because we've had. <laughs> three very winnable games we said in the last podcast Bolton Norwich QPR we're going to get at least six points from that we didn't we got two drew two and lost one and we only got two points followed by two much harder games on paper Sheffield United at home West Brom away we've got six points already is that testament to how open this division is or to how unpredictable we are I think it's the openness of the division. Like everyone is beating everyone. Forest went away to Middlesbrough, uh, beat them a couple of weeks ago. Um, Rotherham got a good point in Middlesbrough. Leeds were beating everybody at the beginning of the season. Now can't win. Um, so it's it's a bit of all over the place, isn't it? I think it's um, the division is really open, and I think we are still yet to find that sort of groove that we're maybe going to play for the whole season. Kutch mentioned about the press, which we haven't seen yet, um, but we have seen the last two games. Maybe that's what Derby going to do. I disagree. I think it, I think it's massive um, testament to our inconsistency. I think a couple of weeks ago we said that we might be in for a, a bit of a frustrating inconsistent season, um, and for me the last four or five games have really highlighted that that we struggled against teams that we quote should be beating, and then made one of the best teams in the division look absolute schoolboy. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if we get a good result against Borough, whether it's a draw or a win, and then we throw away some points over Christmas that we should have won. I think that's the challenge for Lampard, for any new manager and any young team, is consistency. And for me, this season goes one of two ways. I think we get top two or we frustrate and finish seventh or eighth. Only two points separating, I think, the top eight, and six points separating top to 13th, I think. I wanted to try and find out how many teams have been in the top six at some point this season because it but, must but be. You, but you have a life. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> it must be at least half the table who've been yeah. up there at some point. Um, so yeah, who knows what will happen? Anyway, in the second half, we're going to look at we're going to look a bit forward. So Middlesbrough is clearly going to be a massively different test to the slugfest. You go, we go at the Hawthorns. We'll have a think about that. 
have a little think about Chelsea as well. In the meantime, you can follow Steve Bloomer's washing on social media or on Facebook, Twitter at Steve Bloomer Pod and Instagram. Drop us an email if you like, Steve Bloomer's washing at gmail.com. And Steve Bloomer's washing is partnered for the season with Derby Brewing Company, the family run microbrewery and pub operator with three venues across the city, including the Tap, which is walking distance from Pride Park. Hi, I'm Dean Sturridge. Hi, I'm Paul Pesky-Solido. Hi, I'm Curtis Davis, and you're listening to Steve Bloomer's Washing. So we should probably touch on, while we're here, the terrific Sheffield United result as well. Back-to-back wins, 2-1 victory over the Blades. How good was Jack Marriott's finish, that second goal? Took it so well, didn't he? It was almost like an alien, I thought. The way that his leg moved, and he had a kind of supernatural ability to read the direction of where it's coming from, where it's going to go. An alien, with a, an alien with a great goal-scoring instinct. Yes, yes, one of the best. <laughs> Do you mean in the sense it was a slightly unnatural body? Yeah, movement? it was unnatural. Yeah, that's a much better way. He, of he did. It. He it did was, open his was... body up nicely, didn't he? And then like, I'm actually reenacting it here. It's a great finish and a great ball in as well, like top quality. And that came, of course, after the first goal scored after just 19 seconds. Richard, what's the most fun you've ever had in 19 seconds? <laughs> in this country? or Don't, don't answer that. <laughs> the one thing I did want to ask you about, what, ask you both about, was Craig Bryson coming off injured, uh, a calf strain, I think we were told afterwards. But rather than bring on Bradley Johnson, short in midfield, he brought on Tom Lawrence instead, I'm right in thinking. Lampard seems to have stuck with that in the game against West Brom with that more attacking mentality do you think that is the long term solution or is it too lightweight and not combative enough to, to get us through like, those those harsh winter months I think he's stumbled on something which he will deploy in games he thinks it should be deployed in so I think if, if Bryson hadn't got injured in that game and we'd gone on and won 2-1 it'd been a good performance I think we would have seen the same lineup again and Bryson would have started again with Huddleston on Wednesday night but it obviously worked uh, he's seen that he can trust um, Mount dropping a bit deeper and Wilson going into the central role he obviously likes Tom Lawrence as well which is great because he's definitely got Tom Lawrence playing a lot better than, than Gary Rowett did um, so I just think it's given him another option So, to, and we'll come on to Mills for preview in a second but it'll be interesting to see what formation he goes with um, or not formation but which players and which positions he goes with against different types of teams so the West Brom game was always going to be a bit more open always going to give us a bit more space if we wanted to take it whereas Burrow's going to be a different kettle of fish do we want something more solid in that match I don't know what I did find interesting is what Lampard said after the West Brom game I guess he has to say this really but he said we played well but I think we can play better we could have been even more dangerous with our breaks and maybe scored more goals Hopefully we can finish this week brilliantly, but we mustn't relax. It's, what I took from that is that he's quite keen to avoid a repeat of what happened after Man United when we had this amazing result, but then um, but then didn't really turn up against Bolton and lost the following game. It's all about maintaining those levels, isn't it, Tom? Is he perhaps referring to a couple of uh, individual, I wouldn't say errors, but perhaps like chances? Maybe Bennett's, for example, where we missed opportunities to kill the game off. And then also um, perhaps sort of saying that we didn't really defend. We, we weren't really, we were comfortable, but we weren't really sort of holding the ball 
football and the sort of seeing the game out. There wasn't like a inevitability that Derby were going to get a clean sheet. Um, it was sort of it was always oh, will we get a clean sheet? Will we will we hold on to it? I I, I, I never thought we would. Yeah, <laughs> just call but, me call me glass half empty. But I was never there was just so many chances being created at both ends. What like thirty six shots on goal in that game? Yeah. I was just never that confident we would keep them out for the whole match I think I think you're right Chris about in response to Manchester United result and remember the result before Manchester United was a drubbing of Brentford another team at the time in the top six I think or at least in the, in the mixer um, so the Manchester United result came on the back of a, a really good um, result in the championship we've now had two you know, we've now had back to back really good results in the championship yeah, I think it is just guarding it against complacency, which is what we need to do. And whether that's an arm around the shoulder or Tony, they're not good enough yet, whichever, whatever works. And he's obviously trying to find out what does work to make us win again and again and again and put those 9, 10, 11 match you know, winning streaks together. Having said that, though, if we win on Saturday, early kickoff, top of the league, go top of the, the chuffing championship, don't we? <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> for, boy. For, for a bit. <laughs> well, it, judging by how this season has gone, if we win on Saturday early, early kickoff, everyone else will probably lose. So, might be for longer. It's going to be know. a completely different game, isn't it, against Middlesbrough? As as we said just before the break, nothing like the gung ho end to end, almost like five a side style game that was that, that happened at the Hawthorns. I mean, Middlesbrough don't score many. They scored sixteen this season, but they don't concede many either. They conceded seven goals this season. Do you think there's any weaknesses in that back in in their their back line we can exploit? Well, I think they play a similar system to obviously a less attacking system, but they play a similar system to West Brom, don't they? With, with three at the back and win backs. So right? they've Pulis has switched over the course of the season between okay. a back three and a back four. He goes for a back three when they want an extra. So he goes for a back four when they want an extra attacker, an extra attacking option. But um, and they haven't scored at home in three matches. So their last few results, which I believe Tom can relay to us, uh, I mean, they drew of Rotherham in the week, and they were booed off up after that. Yeah, uh, they also lost to our dear neighbours, Nottingham Forest, two 0 and they also drew nil nil with Swansea, which I don't think the uh, the the local T-siders were too too impressed with as well. I don't think they I don't think they had a shot on target in that game. Um, so they're not really prolific in front of goal. Maybe Derby just have to sit in and let them come on to us, which is perhaps a gamble. Is it time for? For that that man, Mr. Davis, to come back in, add a little. So bit of yeah, so Tony Pulis, Tony Pulis said after their last match on on Tuesday night when they when they drew that they had was it thirty nine crosses during the match forty nine forty nine crosses during the match, uh, which is a lot of crosses. And I think he said they were of poor quality; they didn't beat the near post often enough. But if that's how they play, and I haven't seen enough of Millsborough to say to tell you all what that is, but I'm going on from Tony Pulis's. 857 crosses in one match comment <laughs> I bet Tony Pulis definitely counted those himself by hand Curtis Davis would be the most ideal centre back for that scenario Tamori is really good against West Brom though. I wouldn't drop Tamori now I've changed I've dropped Keogh really Tamori for me is getting better and better did you see his break down the left wing in the oh, second man. half he Rapid. was the fastest player on the pitch I'm, I've got I've got no doubt that he was the fastest player in that I don't exaggerate but I've never seen a footballer run faster in any game ever <laughs> who, was it, who, was he, who was he up against I don't know some West Brom really like, slow person it who... reminded me of Thierry Henry against Jamie Carragher uh, I remember that it yeah. was for those who haven't seen it and think I'm exaggerating I am not it wasn't on the highlights though was it I know he's improved but comparing Tamori to Thierry Henry is maybe a little bit of a stretch I know what you mean Just though he absolutely he's clearly the fastest player in the team <laughs> isn't he absolutely rinsed him for pace J- judging by 
Middlesbrough's back three of uh, Ayala, Flint and George Friend. Um, they're not the quickest. Let's get Tamori up front. Yeah, let's get Tamori in the channel. <laughs> no, I do think, for me, the other thing, going back to the pressing point, and Tom mentioned about, you know, when if Huddleston's pressing in the final third, it's because the whole team has moved forward. The, the, the back four must be following him as well. You can't play that way if Tamori isn't playing centre-back because you haven't got the pace to mop up if they do go in behind. So, for me, if we're going to continue playing this way in most matches, Tamori's going to have to play because he's, he's the fastest player possibly on the pitch, let alone in the back four. So, I would play... To, I would give... But I think Tamori and Keogh look like they're working well. Maybe Davis has to be patient. But if you're going to play Davis in any game, it's probably against Borough. My concern about you saying that yeah, Keogh and Davis, are, sorry, Keogh and Tamori are playing well. Um, we've kept three clean sheets this season. Um, the Sheffield United goal, I know it came from deep and Fleck ran through. Um, but he runs into the centre of the box. Like, wh- what's happening there? And the 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 West Brom goal. What on earth is going on that right hand side of the penalty area? Tamori's furious when the ball goes in. It's it's a schoolboy goal to concede. They're both really bad goals. Yeah, Tamori's so, furious. going wrong. Yeah, no, I agree. And I want to shoehorn Davis into that team. And I do think it's got to the point where maybe it's Keogh because we don't see the need. I don't see the need for Keogh's breaking runs from the back, which are one of his redeeming features. But he hasn't done that at all this season. Exactly. And we don't, we don't, so fast. Yeah, we don't need him to do that. So. I, I'm I'm now on the Davis and Tamori bandwagon. Okay, interesting. Join me. No, I'm alright, thanks. <laughs> I'll <laughs> sit with you, Cutch. <laughs> all the way down to London. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> Stuart Downing had some interesting uh, things to say before this game. He was speaking to the local paper up there. And he, uh, he's he been playing as a wing-back in a back five for Middlesbrough. So he's, a, he's been playing as a left wing-back, Stuart Downing, with Paddy, Paddy McNair on the other side not the most said, dynamic duo Paddy no, McNair is definitely not a wing back it's solid five isn't it and Ayala Flint and George Friend as a centre backs he said um, I think the Derby game at the weekend will be completely different to the Rotherham one I expect them to come and have a go at us they'll have an arrogance about them where they'll probably think they're better than us they'll shape the that'll shape, that'll shape the way they play they're challenging for the league so they'll be looking to get points so Stuart Downey thinks that we think we're better than them. Yeah, two points on that. One, aren't they above us in the league? Yeah. Yeah. Two, did he say that before or after we demolished West Brom away? Uh, I looked at it earlier and it was 10 hours ago. So I think he said it after their game, but maybe before our before game. Before we absolutely destroyed. But we were destroying. We were in the process that. of annihilating yeah. someone else. Fair play, Stuart, bring it on. I think he might be double bluffing here. I think I, he might, I it might be. A, he's trying to play a mind game to say to Frank Lampard, yeah, okay, yeah, we do want we want you to come and attack us, and I think Lampard just ignores that, and Lampard follows his instincts. I don't think we have to go to Middlesbrough and attack as the, in the same way that we did on uh, Wednesday night, which is kind of interesting how effective and how successful uh, Wednesday obviously was. I wouldn't be too disappointed to say, well, bring it on, West Brom. We're sitting in here, come get us, and then we've got uh, Waghorn, Marriott, Lawrence, Mount. Wilson will count on you but we're, we're going to sit and we're going to be, be solid and we're going to wait until you come to us so my, my problem with that is if you do if we're going to change the way we play then you've got to change the team that Davis definitely comes in maybe for Tamori in that case and Johnson probably comes in in my opinion for one of uh, one of the other midfielders Wilson if, or Mount or Wilson probably then Made Lawrence and put Wilson back left, or yeah. or Wilson and yeah, move Mount further forward again. Bear in because, mind that bear in mind that Lampard did say it's probably too soon for Bryson as well, so he's yeah. not coming back in either. So I think if you're going to sit back, as Tom says, we, we should do. I think you do change your personnel a little bit. If we're going to go gung ho again, then I think you keep the same team. 
how many times we've been to Middlesbrough and it's a blooming dreary journey up there and it's a awful place to go when you're 1-0 down after five minutes which we very regularly are so whatever happens this weekend I think it is a it's a opportunity for us to go there and and uh, try and get some points I, I do think we've got a chance Does Chelsea come into the equation? No I don't think so no. it's not for another what three four days afterwards 27th to 31st it's funny because we talked about these three games and said that there may be season defining but we couldn't quite bring ourselves to say that yeah I never thought it was it's way too early where were Fulham at this point last year but then you also mentioned yourself when we're talking about this that you after the last two results we've had Borough is almost sort of like a free hit kind of can you expand on that one well I just think that from if you look back to what we were saying about the kind of points projection across the three matches I think we all said like we'd be happy with four, five four. would be brilliant yeah. four, probably four five would be brilliant we've got six already and it's another away match. So, in, in that, in that, if taking matches in in groups, this is definitely a free hit because you've you've you're in the space of seven days, you're playing um, three teams in and around you. So you've already got six points. Don't get it wrong. I don't think we should go there. Well, I'd, actually, no, I, I do think we should go there, and we should try and do what we did against West Brom because the only difference is Borough won't be scared to just hump it long. Which is yeah. why you definitely keep Tamori if you are going to press high up, because then he can deal with Asambalonga, I would have thought. Yeah, um, Asambalonga's rapid and Tamori will match him. I can see that, yeah. Um, so I think, go there, let's put another statement down. If you end up getting beat 2-0 because you've opened yourself up and attacked, I think the Derby County fans and the management and the players will forgive themselves for it. Well, it sounds like what I take from those downing comments is him almost goading us into being too gung-ho and positive. He's talking about us. I take that as a compliment. But, Whether he's double bluffing or not, he's they're thinking about us rather than thinking about themselves, and that is a disgrace for a professional like Stuart Downing to be doing. I think he's... No, I disagree. <laughs> I totally disagree. <laughs> I think he's he's deliberately... Make, he's a he's a wise old old player. He's very and old. he's deliberately... The poor man's actually it. young. <laughs> Fine. He's deliberately saying things, so people like you go out there and say things like that. So yeah, Middlesbrough on Saturday, then that uh, that tasty cup tie at Stamford Bridge. Where we're going? Very excited, aren't we? Yeah, I accidentally bought a road rider ticket as well. <laughs> my tickets arrived in the post, yeah. and I live about three miles from Stamford Bridge. So if anyone needs a road rider ticket, let me know. Can you not return that? I'm going to try and return it tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> Bit of a nightmare. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. I've uh, I think I've mentioned before I'm trying to do the 92, and that's uh, Chelsea's one I haven't done. So last time I think we played Chelsea away was uh, that dreadful season in the Premier League, and it was the rearranged game because it was on a FA Cup fifth round game, and uh, so it was a Wednesday night. I was a student. It was 46 quid, and uh, I didn't go, and we lost 6-1. So my first ever Derby County match was at Stamford Bridge. I think it was 1998. Um, and Aljosa Wasanovic scored a free kick direct from a free kick so 1-0 up and then Mark Hughes and Zola scored the goals uh, to, to beat us 3-1 and I was all my family my dad, my mum's family are Chelsea fans and we're all in I was in head to toe black and white Derby County with four Chelsea supporting uncles in the Chelsea end and I went home crying that day <laughs> and I've been to Chelsea once since then in the Lazio end which is a long story um, but uh, yeah looking forward to going back for uh, happier memories did you look at Rami on the Stamford Bridge pitch and think, that's going to be me one day? <laughs> he wasn't there. Uh, uh, Stamford Lion was there. He was in your, he was in your mind. In my mind only. My mind's what, sort of, what sort of team do you think Chelsea will put out? Do you think they'll go strong? It's uh, difficult to tell because they played Liverpool at Anfield in the previous round. So they sort of had to put a decent team out, didn't they? 
Will Chelsea go strong? Yes, of course. They've got like 70 players, so whatever they put out is going to be a stronger side than what Derby can possibly put out. Just the list of sort of Fabregas and Batshuayi, Christiansen, they are all players who would get into that Derby team. So they'll be they'll be incredibly difficult to beat, regardless of who they play. I'm I'm still thinking though, it that is a free hit to you, use Kutch's phrase. You're saying Zappacosta were getting the Derby team ahead of Jaden Bogle? No, because I love Jaden Bogle <laughs> and I don't really care for Zappacosta. But <laughs> you probably would do though, Chris. Let's that, be honest. That is definitely <laughs> that is definitely a free hit, isn't it? And it's going to be a genuinely brilliant occasion, not just because of the ridiculous Lampard loving but it'll be great to see Mount and Tamori it's really good that they've been given permission to play isn't it fair play to Chelsea for doing so as well yeah not sure what to read into that they want experience for their loan players yeah but if that's the case and they're they're idiots well they don't care about the League Cup no but that's that no that's that's irrelevant because Chelsea won't have a very good record in the League Cup they're not in the Champions League which means teams that aren't in the Champions League always target the League Cup for an easy trophy how many times do you see new Chelsea managers target the League Cup as a way to get a trophy under their belt. I think Chelsea have put a good team out. I think that's the reason they're letting Mount and Tomori play because they know they're going to come up against a, a top, top Premier League team, not just a bunch of reserves. If they're just going to play the reserves, they wouldn't have let us play Mount and Tomori because what's the point? I don't think that... And even if they do play their best team, I don't think that Mount and Tomori will gain any more experience on that one match than they would do throughout the whole championship season. So... I feel like I'm not entirely sure what to read into the whole Mount Tamori thing. I think it's just a nice gesture to make themselves look good. I don't think it's anything more than that. And to give Mount an incentive of this is where you could be playing if you were... I don't think it's even that. I don't think it's even that. I, I, I actually agree with Chris. I think it is like that incentive. This is the this is their stage that they could be playing in. Um, and it's obviously the relationship with Frank and stuff could help. But yeah, I think... I think great gesture from Chelsea. I'm really pleased they've done that. It gives us a big chance because um, well, Mount is arguably our best player. Uh, Tomori has been been very solid, I think, uh, and he's obviously very quick. So um, I'm looking forward to the game. Um, can't wait to have a few beers and, uh, and uh, hopefully enjoy successful victory. So before we wrap things up, uh, who ran I number four? At the start of the podcast, I'll give you this clue. I played 12 times at Derby County between 98 and 2003. Tom, uh, Marvin Robinson? That's correct. Oh! <laughs> yes, one goal in the Premier League. Have we had him before? I don't know. I we haven't had talk- him. No. I had Adam Murray before, yeah, I think. Um, I'm um, gutted. Can I have some, any other business, please? You certainly can. Um, I'm short. I just, well, yeah, I don't want to talk about your successful victory. Um, so, just to let everyone know, I think we're going to be, we're going to, we're all London based, so we're going to be drinking. If you're in central London, Rams fans, we're going to be popping down to Ye Old Cheshire Cheese from about 4 pm on Wednesday before the Chelsea match. Literally one of London's oldest pubs. Yeah, one of London's oldest pubs, good ale pub, Sammy Smith's, so about as cheap as you can get for a pint in central London, just off the Strand. Is yeah, it sort it's, of in a cave? Yes, it it's is, in a yeah. cave. So, yeah, closest uh, station from St Pancras, I think you can get to City Thames Link. We're going to be returning for another podcast after the Birmingham game in early November so in a couple of weeks from uh, or about a week or so from here but that's all we've got time for for now for episode 35 of Steve Bloomer's Washing got through a lot tonight haven't we a lot a lot of nonsense but hopefully uh, good nonsense Richard thanks a lot cheers boy Tom cheers all the best see you soon see you soon